Hey, what's up for today? Apartment syndication updates, celebrity tax dodging, a new bill aims to solve for the retirement plan coverage gap, and all-you-can-eat sushi? Okay, so when I talk to people about real estate, I inevitably get the most questions about apartment syndications. Um, I don't know whether it's because it's a new concept to a lot of people or if they're just sour on the idea of owning and managing their own rentals, I'm not sure. But I definitely get a lot of questions about these investments. And uh, that said, yesterday I received email updates from two syndications that I'm involved in. And I want to share them with you just so that you can kind of see from the inside the kind of communication that you might uh, expect to receive if you got into a syndication. But also just to show you how awesome these can be and how passive they are. So first up, this update is for an apartment complex that I'm involved in in Colorado Springs. So in 2019, I invested in this, and they've been religiously sending out quarterly distributions totaling 8% annual returns ever since about maybe two or three. Two, yeah, like two months after I invested. So they started paying right away, pretty much. And remember, you don't make the real money off these deals until they sell. So getting the 8% distribution is great, but you don't make the real money until they actually, you know, have a liquidation event. And that generally these things seem to be about a five year hold. So here's the update. Roughly 15% of this property's income is paid through a state of Colorado program called DOLA, D-O-L-A, which stands for Department of Local Affairs, which is aimed at tenants impacted by COVID. The payments are guaranteed, but unfortunately, the timing is not. DOLA usually pays in three to four month intervals and in larger lump sums. And we have just been advised that our payment for the last quarter will probably not be sent until early October. There is still a chance that we will receive the payment before the end of the month, and if so, our distribution will go out before the end of the quarter as usual. If not, we will plan to distribute uh, in October or as soon as we receive the payment. So updated valuation. We just received a broker opinion of value, BOV, for this property, and it came back with a range of $34 to $36 million dollars. So based on an original purchase price of $19.5 million, we have appreciated nearly 75% overall and over 200% on the original capital. The team is evaluating the market uh, on and how best to proceed. Look for more details in the October update. So here's why I wanted to share this. A, because I can guarantee that dealing with the Colorado DOLA program is got to be just a gigantic pain in the ass. And this is yet another reason why I love these syndications. It's truly passive. They have to do all the work and you just sit back and collect all the checks. Now, the other reason I wanted to share this is to make the point that even though these syndications may promise a certain return via a distribution schedule, um, you shouldn't count on them as a source of quote unquote fixed income, at least not in my experience. This particular syndication has been fantastic about paying the quarterly dividends, but in my experience, this is the exception, not the rule. Um, the other syndications I'm in didn't start paying dividends right away. Uh, one of them that I bought into two years ago still hasn't paid a single distribution yet. That's a long story. It's not of concern. But again, I love these investments, but they're not all going to be reliable sources of ongoing predictable distributions, especially not immediately after you make your investment. Okay, so now, uh, as long as we're talking about these syndications, I received an update from another syndication 
um, invested in and wanted to share this one with you. Uh, this is for an apartment complex in Memphis that I got into a couple years ago. And it begins, hello investors, after two years of ownership, I am excited to share an update with you regarding a refinance which recently happened at our property. Let's rewind and remind you of our initial plan and the financing strategy. What was the plan when we bought the property? At purchase, we used a bridge loan that allowed us to finance the non-stabilized asset. It had, and when they say non-stabilized asset, they mean basically they were getting this apartment building as is with all the shitty tenants and, you know, some of the units or a majority of the units kind of uh, old and in need of being updated. It had a higher interest rate, but also provided us with financing to make two, approximately $2 million of improvements on the property, including deferred maintenance, tenant amenities, and security updates, as well as interior renovations. Two years later, we have renovated all but about a third of the units and have seen our rent increases nearly double from our forecast at purchase. The property is now stable, but the bridge debt was expensive at 5.8%, and we were paying interest on nearly $800,000 of unused improvement funds. This money is now in our account interest-free, and we will use it to complete the remaining non-renovated units. So what does the new loan look like? The recent finance allowed us to drop our interest rate from 5.8% to 2.85%, giving us a savings of nearly $23,000 a month. While the prior loan was floating interest and subject to change as the broader interest rate uh, market rates changed, our new rate is fixed for seven years. We were able to have such favorable terms because our loan was based on 65% of the appraised value. We are trying to keep the debt down to reduce risk and increase cash flow for investors. That's awesome. Uh, with the $800,000 of improvement funds now in our bank account, we can continue moving forward with the remainder of the renovations and annualizing the rent increases we've been able to achieve in the past year. What does this mean for me as an investor? We expect Q3 distribution to be in line with the past few quarters. However, starting with the Q4 distribution paid in January, we expect to begin increasing the quarterly payout and anticipate doing so moving forward. To note, just the savings on interest payments is as much as we have been distributing over the last year. We have also an option to take a supplemental loan out in 12 to 24 months in order to return some of your original investment while not having a meaningful impact on the distributions. So how awesome is that? What is the property valued at today? We purchased the property for approximately $8.7 million, have spent approximately $2 million on improvements, and the local broker who we worked with at purchase estimates as of last spring was worth $14 to $16 million. With additional stabilization, finalizing the unit renovations, and annualizing the rent increases, we have the potential to exit the property with an 18 to $20 million sale. Think of this as the second value add phase of the property. Uh, as of earlier this week, we are 97% occupied. Also, August revenue was our highest month since purchased, but reflects some late and future rents, so the monthly revenue will continue to have volatility. Financials are attached. As always, please let me know if you have questions. Okay, again, I love this stuff. I get to be part of a real live real estate deal. I get lots of upside, but I sit back with a bucket of popcorn and watch it happen stress-free. 
um, it's it's just an awesome feeling. So it's truly, truly, truly passive. So what else is happening in the news? Well, I'm sure you saw 31-year-old waitress Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez at the Met Gala a couple weeks ago, uh, which people, by the way, paid $35,000 to attend. And emblazoned on her dress was tax the rich. But what you might not have heard about is the designer of her dress, a wealthy woman named Aurora Jones, who sells overpriced dresses to celebrities and now activist politicians. The design company Aurora James owns owes almost $180,000 worth of taxes. Her company owes New York State almost fifteen grand, and the Fed over $100,000 for failure to remit payroll taxes. And on top of that, the company owes $62,000 in workman's comp to New York State. And get this, these debts were incurred before the pandemic, but then during the pandemic, the her company took in over $41,000 in pandemic relief aid. And then if that weren't enough, James also owes $2,500 in property taxes on a $1.6 million home she owns in Los Angeles. So there you have it. Do with that what you will. But either way, AOC's Tax the Rich uh, was a great branding stunt that outraged uptight Republicans. And in the process, she created millions of dollars worth of PR and branding for herself while receiving lots of support from her intellectually stunted followers and fans. And next up for today, we've got some legislation in the works to help Americans better prepare for retirement. Um, this new bill aims to solve for the retirement plan coverage gap. Congressman Jim Hines, a Democrat from Connecticut, and Senator Mark Wagner, Democrat from Virginia, have introduced the Portable Retirement and Investment Account, PRIA, Act of 2021, designed to provide retirement savings vehicles to Americans who don't have access to one. This legislation would establish a PRIA fund, and a board responsible for establishing regulations for the fund. The bill says the board will manage the fund in the same manner as the federal thrift savings plan is managed. The PRIA Act authorizes the director to invest each account into a target date fund based on when the account holder will reach 65. This is called the PRIA basic account. Once assets reach a certain amount, the director would contract with an entity to act as a trustee and manage the investments. Individuals could elect to roll over their PRIA basic account to a PRIA choice account, which would allow them to select their own investments. Uh, accounts for individuals would be established soon after a social security number is issued for them. Uh, accounts would start with a $500 contribution, which is actually kind of cool, um, more free money from the government, and the government would deposit $50 into the account of anyone who completes financial literacy training. That said, I would love to see what our friends in Washington consider financial literacy, but either way, employers could allow individuals to contribute to their PRIA accounts via payroll direct deposit, and employers could also implement automatic contribution arrangements as well as automatic contribution increases. Additionally, employers would be able to contribute to the accounts on behalf of individuals. However, this would only be uh, for individuals whose employer does not offer a retirement plan or who are not eligible to participate in their employer's plan or individuals whose employment consists of work through mobile platforms. Um, 
catch-up contributions would be allowed for individuals over age 50, and individuals could also designate all or a portion of their contributions as Roth contributions. Uh, account holders age 18 and older could elect to roll over their PRA account into an individual retirement account, an IRA, once their account balance reaches $15,000. Quote, Americans are more likely to change jobs and be engaged in non-traditional forms of work than they were a generation ago, but our policies haven't kept up with these shifts, Warner said in their announcement. As more and more Americans hold multiple jobs across a career, a year, and even a day, PRAA will provide more workers with access to flexible, portable benefits, such as retirement savings that will carry them from employer to employer and gig to gig. So what do you think about this? Do you think this is going to actually help people or are they just creating yet another bureaucratic mess that is going to do little to actually improve American savings habits? Well, we've talked about the abysmal savings rate of the majority of Americans. So overall, if they can execute this and actually get people to participate after they get that initial 500 bucks, I say go for it. I mean, the numbers are really bad. So if it helps, then then I say, let's go for it. Um, and finally, I'm recording this uh, episode in a hotel in Las Vegas. So if you hear airplanes taking off in the background, that's why. Uh, I'm on a road trip driving down to Arizona to sell that little mobile home that I bought last year. I'm not sure if I talked about that, but my tenant just moved out and I've decided I'm going to dump this place and redeploy the cash into something else. Uh, more on that later because I'm going to take you through that journey. But anyway, last night I pulled into town very tired and very hungry at about 930 and surprisingly, a lot of the restaurants here around my hotel were closing soon, but there was a sushi place that was open late. And this place had an all-you-can-eat option. So have you ever had all-you-can-eat sushi? Well, I can tell you from my experience last night, it's not a good idea. I way, way, way overstuffed myself. And walking home from that restaurant, I was as uncomfortably full as I've been in probably the last 30 years. It was because I, I, while I was still eating, I ordered a couple more rolls, a salmon roll and a spicy tuna roll. And, and then the rice started to expand and oh my God, I walked out of that place distended and disgusting. So anyway, the, my lesson, my takeaway from that is all you can eat sushi, um, you know, you've been warned. Okay. So today the price of Bitcoin is down and who knows, uh, it might be time for you to buy, buy the dip. So get yourself a BlockFi account and that'll make it very easy to buy yourself some Bitcoin. And if you go through the rogueretirementlounge.com slash crypto, that's rogueretirementlounge.com slash crypto, you'll get as much as 250 bucks in bonus Bitcoin and you'll be supporting the show because I'll get a tiny little kickback Um from BlockFi. Anyway, that's rogueretirementlounge.com slash crypto to get your BlockFi account opened so you can start investing in cryptocurrency. Okay, that's it for today. I will be back at you in a couple of days. Nothing in this podcast is meant to be financial, legal, or tax advice. Though there's some kick-ass information here, it's for informational purposes only. Take control of your retirement planning, but get professional counsel if you need tax, legal, or financial advice. For more content like this, join my mailing list at rogueretirementlounge.com. 
And if you have questions about retirement investing, entrepreneurship, business, or anything else, my email address is matt at rogueretirementlounge.com. 